ولو أن أهل القرى آمنوا واتقوا لفتحنا عليهم بركات من السماء والأرض بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أبيون وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته ما شاء الله تبارك الله سو الحمد لله we have exactly a hundred participants today ما شاء الله تبارك الله يا الله make this session full of بركة الله بركة effect يا الله إن شاء الله make it a means of benefit for everyone who's attending so firstly just to welcome everyone جزاكم الله خيرا I know everybody ما شاء الله must have other commitments but you've taken out the time to come إن شاء الله with the hope of benefiting بإذن الله تعالى and you've come and joined this session and we ask Allah to grant us consistency in doing good and to make us people بإذن الله تعالى who take the best of what we learn and إن شاء الله are able to implement it so جزاكم الله خيرا for joining the Kalbi share sessions again I think this is our third session the first was with our Ustada Umm Hud, and she covered some of the, uh, basically the women, the great women of Islam. And then after that, alhamdulillah, the month after that, we were joined by Sheikh Tariq Appleby, who covered the topic of leveling up our du'as uh, with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, alhamdulillah, today we're joined by not one, not two, not three, I think, inshallah, four or five, mashallah, tawarakallah, uh, amazing brothers, mashallah, uh, our brothers Faisal, Aziz, Riza, Shahmi, and Amir, five of our brothers, mashallah, from the Baraka Effects uh, podcast. Now, from the name, you know, this is something, mashallah, that you don't want to miss, So what is the Baraka Effect uh, podcast? It's a weekly podcast where the team attempts to dissect to the Quran and Sunnah to extract key gems and alhamdulillah pearls of wisdom um, to be able to give us as, Muslim, uh, as Muslims a great advantage in achieving success in this dunya and in the akhirah as well. So today's topic will be with regards to excellence in akhlaq, uh, which will be conducted by all of our five brothers, uh, brother Amir, brother Faisal, mashallah, brother Riza, brother Shahmi, and Brother Aziz, So without further ado, I'll just pass it on to the brothers. I'll pass it on to Brother Faisal. Inshallah, you can take it from there. Jazakumullah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you to Brother Harun, our MC for the event. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin. Hayyakum Allah, brothers and sisters. Ahlan wa sahlan. Welcome to our third session of the Qalbi Shares with our team at the Baraka Effect Podcast. So first things first, let's not remain strangers. So I'm going to take this short opportunity to introduce ourselves and the team at the Baraka Effect Podcast. So my name is Faisal. I'm Amir. I'm Riza. I'm Aziz. And I'm Shahmi. Gotta admit that uh, they did feel a bit awkward, huh? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got, this, uh, got this boy band vibes thing huh, going on. <laughs> 
you know, I, I, I was almost about to say dan kami mengucapkan selamat hari Aidilfitri. <laughs> We're still in the mood, right? Khair insyaallah. Yeah. Insyaallah. <laughs> oh, First of all, we send we send all praise and thanks to Allah Azza wa Jalla for gathering us on this beautiful morning in the early month of Shawwal. So first of all, we'd like to say also thank you, Jazakumullah Khairan, to the Qalbi team for allowing us to contribute on this third session of Qalbi Shares. It's a huge honor and we're very, very humbled and grateful to be able to connect with you on this topic of excellence in akhlaq, your ticket to Jannah. So may Allah Azza wa Jal grant huge benefit and barakah throughout this discussion. Ameen. Ameen. So, brothers and sisters, just to share, you know, in reality, the topic of the theme of husnul khuluk, the theme of perfection in manners, profession of perfection of akhlaq, good character. In reality, this is a huge subject. It's not a huge subject. It's a subject which has huge subjects underneath, right? So, it's impossible that we can cover this topic extensively in a one-hour session. So, what the team have done, what we've discussed is we tried to choose five subtopics related to the topics of akhlaq. Topics which we feel are the most important things that we should be addressing as those living in the 21st century, especially us as the youth living in 21st century. Mm-hmm. You as a youth, are we still? Youth. Still youth? <laughs> <laughs> inshallah. I'd like, I'd like to think so. I'd like to <laughs> think so, know. right? Okay, I hope so, inshallah. I think legally we still got like a couple of years to go, inshallah. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> So just to give a taste, a summary of what we've, the, the five subtopics that we've chosen. So the topics are, what is the link between this topic of aqidah and taqwa with akhlaq? Do they have any relationship at all? And secondly, in what way do we mean that good akhlaq is your golden ticket to Jannah? And thirdly, this is interesting, how do we define good akhlaq in the first place? Because all religions, all philosophies teach or preach good manners. So what makes Islam different? Right? So this is something that sometimes we don't really ask ourselves because everything has their merits which you speak about. Also fourth, how can we develop a growth mindset with respect to our attitudes, our akhlaq? So how can we instill that in us? And last but not least, number five is who is most deserving of this characteristic of good akhlaq? So first things first, let's begin with the Islamic aspect first. What is the link and relationship between taqwa and aqidah and akhlaq? People like to think that, you know, this aspect of worship, aspect of taqwa, this is prayers and Quran. Like, what does this have to do with akhlaq? So, Brother Reza, maybe you can enlighten us a bit about this topic. What's the link between these two? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. So, in a lot of our discussions between the brothers in our podcast, we always like to begin with exploring the, the big whys, you know, which is quite fascinating from a psychological perspective. From a human perspective, what are the underlying reasons uh, that motivate us to do the things that we do? So in this instance, um, what drives us to observe good character? And when we really think about it, you know, good character, it is really like a reflection of what's inside of us, you know, the fruits of what a person holds on to as their core value and principle. And the stronger these values are that we attach behind the reason of what we do, what we do, the more enduring it is. And meaning that it's not easily as shaken when we are faced with an obstacle. So what grounds good character? You know, in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is one of the best contemporary books out there on developing habits for success, uh, one of the key habits that the author, Stephen Covey, writes about is to begin with the end in mind. You know, meaning that in everything that we do, uh, we start with the end goal, 
to give it a strong sense of meaning. And in that book, he, he invites the readers on a thought experiment uh, to identify the core values. Uh, so basically, he, he invites us to imagine your own funeral. So what would your loved ones remember you by and what difference did you make in their lives? Now, this is like a powerful exercise to understand our sense of purpose and you know, setting our big vision. But you know, looking at it uh, closer, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it feels like it's only halfway there as it's uh, tied to the benefits of the dunya. So, you know, what if, let's say, your other half, he or she lets you down? You know, does the strength of this value reduce or diminish? And, you know, what's beautiful and amazing about our deen is that, you know, what we attach all our deeds and actions to is that we have iman in Allah. And, and part of that iman is the core belief that of the day of judgment, that we will be accountable for every single thing that we do here when we stand in front of Allah. And you know, this transcends whatever it is of the dunya, which makes it more enduring, you know, and it's more likely to be unshakable. So um, just to give uh, an example exemplification of this, uh, there was a video that went viral a few days ago, uh, a few years ago, you know, of, of some people who wanted to test a shepherd, that they wanted mm -hmm. to give him a lot of money if only he would give them just one of his sheep. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but if you haven't, you can search it on YouTube under uh, yes, shepherd and taqwa. So, so here is the shepherd, right? Shepherd, right? He's in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, you know, being offered an easy chance to make some easy money just to give one of among hundreds of his sheep. You know, who would notice, right? And they keep, kept on pestering him and pestering him and to sell one of the sheep. And it did not belong to him. And they were saying that, you know, what's the big deal? You know, who is watching? And mm -hmm. what he said to them, you know, is very profound, you know. He said, you know, the sky and earth must meet before I give you any one of my sheep. SubhanAllah. Meaning that's Subhanallah. impossible. <laughs> With that money, he can buy more sheep. Huh? If Subhanallah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, Subhanallah. You, you know, he's, he's holding to that amana, his honesty that he has between his employer that he will take care of the sheep, you know. And he said, even if you give me 200,000 rials, you know, I, I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, I will never give you any of my sheep. Subhanallah. Wow. You know, he, he also adds that, you know, the, the day of accounting, this is very tough. He reminds them as well. You know, how strong is his sense of purpose and conviction uh, and of what he is journeying towards? You know, in our deen, this is known as muraqabah. You know, the, the knowing that Allah is always watching us and this is actually one of the very basic levels from the definition of Isan. You know, so really our actions, our good character as Muslims, it's all tied down to our aqidah. You know, a belief that everything that we do here, we are accountable in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment. And you know, one of our contemporary scholars, uh, Sheikh Abdul Razak Al-Badr, mentioned that when a person has this characteristic and this awareness that Allah is always watching him, you know, this is the greatest check and balance, you know, the best filter for the person's actions. And all we have to do to const be constantly reminded of this is to just reflect on the ayah of the Quran on how Allah ends a lot of the ayah where uh, he describes himself such as Bikulli Shayin Basir, he is the seer of all things, or Khabirum Bima Ta'malun, he is fully acquainted of what you do. So subhanAllah, when we reflect and we read the Quran, it automatically, you know, reminds us of this fact, you know, that we have to, everything that we do is accountable. 
And, you know, it's important to internalize this living in a time full of fitta and tribulations and confusion when at times it's not easy to differentiate between truth and falsehood, uh, what's real or what's fabricated, you know. And just mm-hmm. to cite a glaring example, uh, what we see on social media nowadays, you know, it's, it's so easy for anyone just to voice out their opinions. And when emotions are running high, we see so many insults, so many slanders being thrown around just because we're all behind our screens and no one really, you know, anyone is not accountable to anyone. So, so a person may, may think. So, you know, what in this situation, what really compels a person to regulate their actions in this situation? And a short but powerful hadith comes to mind, you know, whereby Rasulullah mentioned that whoever believes in Allah in the last day should speak good or remain silent. You know, subhanAllah, notice how Rasulullah links this good character to the belief in Allah and the day of accounting. You know, and, that, and that's the thing about the day of accounting, right? For every action that we are doing now in our life, we are either collecting good investments or bad invest, investments along our way in this mm. dunya. And the mu'min, you know, he collects this one as a provision for the real life in the hereafter. So when we truly understand that, you know, good character is really an act of ibadah to Allah, you know, this is the, the game changer of how a person really embodies genuine husnul khuluq. You know, suddenly all of our actions, it's regulated not because of how people treat us, but what we are doing for the sake of Allah, what we want uh, in the akhirah, what we are investing for the day that we will meet Allah. So yeah, that's in a nutshell, mashallah, that's the uh, definition, the, the link between uh, good character and uh, taqwa. Yeah, this is a really powerful aspect of our deen that people don't realize, that sense of accountability on day of judgment, which will always be there. Everyone will taste death. You're going to meet Allah Azawajal anyway. In fact, those people who oppressed you, they are also going to meet Allah. So this is something very powerful because in reality, there are many good things that we do to other people that goes unnoticed, unappreciated, and unrecompensed. Is that true? You've done a lot of good things, right? Something you might sac- call sacrifice for something for somebody and they don't, they don't care at all, right? But this belief in, this iman in Yamul Akhir gives you that confidence. You say, it's okay. Because the one who created this entire universe with the, with the best of rewards he has reserved that reward for me on the Day of Judgment. That's a powerful motivator, man. So it's all about how much trust you have in that value that the one who created you will definitely give you that back. I think that's the kind of mindset that we kind of sometimes forget, you know? And at the same time, it also goes the other way around. If people are doing some level of oppression, whether it's ourselves or oppression done against us or oppression done towards other people, of course, we have an obligation collectively or as individuals, depending on our, our capacity, right? We have to stand up against the oppression. But it's also that at the back of your head, you know that even, because oppression does happen, right? But people get away with it, right? In this dunya. Yes, there's even a lot of quotes that say saying, it's okay to bribe if you don't get caught. <laughs> you had that been thrown in public, right? SubhanAllah. But you know, you, you, you will get caught. If it's not in dunya, it will definitely be on the Day of Judgment. In fact, as we said in the episode of um, Husnul Khatimah, right? It's actually a mercy from Allah if you were to get caught and jailed and humiliated in dunya because in akhirah, it will be way, way worse. And it's only who has this iman that's going to like compel you to take, it, to take it seriously, you know? SubhanAllah. So this is really powerful that sometimes as Muslims, we, we tend to forget. And I, I think one of the things I want to pick up from that as well, that's what, what you're saying, Brother Reza, is that I see, this is why Taq, akhlaq, good akhlaq, how your conduct with people 
is actually an extension of your taqwa. It's not a separate subject. The fact that you believe in Allah, the fact that you want His pleasure, the fact that you want to stay away from this, His displeasure, that is your worshipping Allah. So just to put this into context, right? You know the hadith, uh, the Prophet ﷺ says that um, the most beloved deeds to Allah are to make a Muslim happy, right? Simple, simple hadith, right? We, we've heard this hadith, right? it's narrated in At-Tabarani. Imagine, you, if you, for you to cheer up a fellow Muslim, maybe you to call that person during MCO, right? Hey, how are you doing? You know, how's life? Just to, just to cheer that person up, you're actually worshipping Allah by that call. Can you imagine? <laughs> for, you to, for you to kiss your wife before you go to the masjid, like what the Prophet ﷺ did, guess what? You're worshipping Allah. You know, like, we don't, we don't link this sometimes. But if you, you really, like, put into this big picture, subhanAllah, this is an amazing thing. And also another thing, right? So I just want to ask the brothers and sisters here. Now, have you heard people say this kind of thing? When I look at Muslim countries, I don't see Islam. Oh, controversial statement, right? Have you? <laughs> oh, what is this guy saying? Right? <laughs> All the time, right? They say, yeah, they say things like, uh, oh, when I go to Saudi, I don't see Islam. I, don't, I go to Masih, uh, Egypt, but when I, when I see Japan, MashaAllah, I see, I see Islam in Switzerland. Oh, what, else, what, are the, what are the common countries? New Zealand, right? <laughs> SubhanAllah. But, so, ah, you hear that Australia as well. SubhanAllah. Right, I think a lot of you can relate. Yeah, you've heard that before. Now, now if you relate what Reza has highlighted, right? Akhlaq is actually an extension of taqwa. So, if you don't have taqwa in the first place, that akhlaq is invalid, non-existent, right? Because if akhlaq is an extension of your tawheed in the first place, if you don't have tawheed, then it doesn't. Then you don't. Then you don't have akhlaq. So it. So akhlaq actually. That, that's the thing, right? If you have like awesome akhlaq, but you have zero tawheed, one million multiplied by zero, what do you get? Zero, right? It's like, you know, like you do a lot of work for a company, you don't get hired, and then you go to the HR, you're like, oh, what's my pay? I did a lot of work. So you're like, I didn't hire you. <laughs> so we have to look at it in a different way. When, when people make these statements, you have to correct them. You say, you know, that statement is wrong. What you are seeing with aspects like what? Integrity maybe, uh, their manners. These are only one aspect of Islam. Islam is about Tawheed. So if you don't have that, that statement to say that you see Islam in these countries, it's not correct. Right? So this is how we can approach this in a simple way. Right? We're trying to keep this uh, session short. But khair, inshallah, if uh, some, some more clarification, inshallah, we can uh, talk about that, inshallah. Right? So yeah, now we talked about how this is accountable, but it's not just about accountability, right? It's also that edge that you can get that will get you to the highest levels of paradise, right? So that's the theme that we want to talk about in this session. Your golden ticket to Jannah. So Amir, share with us, how is akhlaq your golden ticket to Jannah? MashaAllah, barakallah indeed. I think Brother Reza had clearly uh, set out the foundation of, uh, of linking akhlaq and taqwa. So both of those elements are really closely needed together, yeah? Clearly is uh, set... The, the link clearly between akhlaq and taqwa and those two elements are something which are closely knitted together and they can't be uh, separated apart yeah and taqwa as we know is the greatest uh, greatest um, uh, reminders that that the prophet gave to his companions and what we can give to other people is ittaqullah and taqwa is also our biggest provision on the day that we meet allah and now we know and in, that, in addition to taqwa being the biggest provision on the day that we meet allah so what does good akhlaq impact us on the day of judgment, yeah? So inshallah, 
as a topic suggests, I'll try to briefly share like eight points, inshallah, on why good akhlaq is the gold, is our golden ticket to Jannah. And, and most of the points that I compile here are from the same, uh, from a book named Ahadisul Akhlaq, written by the same Sheikh, quoted by Brother Reza, which is Sheikh Abdul Razak Al Badar. So the first point is know that good akhlaq is you're actually fulfilling the command of Allah. So Allah enjoined us to be gracious, to be right. And the pleasure is Allah is only attained by fulfilling Allah's command. And we know that paradise is, is only attained. You can only attain it through the pleasure of Allah. And Allah's pleasure is only attained through Amal Saleh. And like what Brother Reza just mentioned, amal, uh, good akhlaq is indeed Amal Saleh. So that's the first point. The second point is by doing good akhlaq, we are actually following the footsteps and the teachings of Prophet Muhammad So as Muslim, there is no other bigger role model that we can actually emulate in trying to achieve Allah's pleasure. And we know that the, our beloved Prophet has the best of akhlaq. So Allah even took an oath in Surah Al-Qalam to emphasize the good akhlaq of Prophet Muhammad and, and right now, there's so many books and one book uh, maybe all of us are more familiar with is Riyadu Salihin. It's, a thick, it's books with a lot of volumes and that entire book only compiles hadith on the good akhlaq of Rasulullah MashaAllah, some people take a lifetime to finish all those volumes, yeah? So that's how much akhlaq, good akhlaq of Rasulullah that is captured. And his good akhlaq is, is not just uh, something acknowledged by his peers, by his companions, but also by his enemies. So this is like inherent DNA of Prophet Muhammad good akhlaq. So by doing good akhlaq, we're actually following his footstep. And on top of that, Rasulullah's one of his mission is to perfect akhlaq of the people. So meaning, good akhlaq is something that everybody acknowledges it's something beneficial to the public. However, what Prophet Muhammad brings is he perfects that akhlaq. He bringing something from good to perfect. So by doing good akhlaq, we are actually following his teaching. And the third point on, on why, why good akhlaq is our golden ticket to Jannah is like what uh, some, uh, Brother Reza mentioned just now on, the, on his topic. Good akhlaq is, has been addressed in the hadith together with taqwa of Allah. So Rasulullah was once asked, like, what, what are the things that admit most people to paradise? And Rasulullah mentioned, fear of Allah, which is taqwa to Allah, and good character. So some scholars mentioned that, that good akhlaq is part of taqwa. In fact, good akhlaq is a critical component of taqwa to a point that scholars make a comparison. How does good akhlaq in taqwa is, is as if it's, it's similar to how performing amal saleh is to iman. So iman, you cannot take away the amal saleh. So that's how taqwa is. You can never take out the, the, good, the good akhlaq out of it. Also, good akhlaq is, is one of the indicators that you can use to self-reflect on your iman, to gauge your iman. Yeah? Because Rasulullah mentioned that the most complete of believers in faith are those with the best of character. Yeah? And good akhlaq is proof that you are putting your iman into practice. To the point that scholars mentioned that, that good akhlaq is the sweetness fruit that you bear from iman. Not just fruit, but the sweetness of the fruit is good akhlaq from iman. And Prophet Muhammad SAW, he loves his ummah so much. But among the one that he loves the most is his, his ummah that has the best of akhlaq. So Prophet mentioned that the one that he loves the most are the one with good akhlaq and those who extends their hands for others, meaning they are easy to be interacted to other people. And Rasulullah definitely lead by, by example. He, even though he is someone who is he's a prophet, he's a leader of a great nation, he's, he's the leader of the, of the Muslim army, 
he's a family man. He's, he's a lot of things. However, when people come and meet him in a nervous uh, situation, he always tells that people that, chill, calm down. Yeah? I'm also just like you. I'm a person who's born by a Quraysh lady. I also eat dry, dry meat, meaning I'm not someone who's wealthy. I'm from not even some, uh, from the average uh, spectrum of the society. Yeah? So, so he, he is definitely someone who's easy, is approachable. Also, good akhlaq is, will, is what that will determine your level in paradise. Yeah? So we know paradise has so many, so many levels. Yeah? Maybe a, a trivial question for, for all of you out there. How many, how many levels are there in, in paradise? Yeah? And you know, one level to the next level is about, is about heaven and earth apart. That's how big it is. Yeah? So there's a lot of levels in, in, in paradise. And one of the means that you can attain the highest level of paradise is through good, good akhlaq. And, and what does it mean to, to what, does, what does it, what does, what is it for us to, to, to attain a, such a high level in paradise? Yeah, because Rasul, so Allah mentioned that the highest level of paradise is Jansul Firdaus. And what does it, what it mean for us is that Rasulullah will be in the loftiest, highest rank of paradise. And if we are really sincere, and if we are really true that we long for his companionship, we want to be closer to him, then this is indeed one of the actions, one of the means we can do to attain that closeness to him. Yeah. Yes, so, well, speaking about levels in paradise, right? The, the episode that we're going to release this this weekend is actually we have we have the, we have discussed this a bit. Uh, imagine like levels. You, you don't have to speak of paradise. You know, in flights, right? If you walk past the first class and you put, walk past the economy, you're like, "Wow, this is so nice." And then you're like, "Ah, <laughs> if only I can have this. Ah, I can don't have a chance at this, right?" So, like the the way you can get that and the difference between first class and economy is so small compared to the different levels in Jannah. And the way you can get that, Allah gives every one of you that chance. You know how like we go to these flights, you're like, ah, I don't have, it's okay, I, I, I'll never get this chance. You're kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> I'll never go up there, right? But paradise, every one of us, Allah Azawajal gives us equal opportunity. And we have to like appreciate that, yeah? It doesn't matter what race you are, what gender, like it doesn't matter where you come from. All of us have the equal opportunity to have the highest ranks in paradise with Rasulullah That's an amazing motivator for all of us. Indeed, all of us are in the same playing level field. No one is, uh, no one is having an advantage. It's all up to you. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, so, so with this, so like, uh, so really, that begs the question. So you ask yourself, you mean we ask ourselves, not just you, for me as well. Eh? How deep is our love to Prophet Muhammad So if we are really sincere in that question, that we really love him that much, then one of the means to attain his closeness, his companionship is through good akhlaq. And the seventh point is good akhlaq is something that is heavy on the scale of good deeds on the day of judgment. Rasulullah mentioned that nothing is heavier upon the scale of believer on the day of resurrection than his good character. Yeah? A believer can even gain the same status as someone who frequently does praying and fasting only by his good akhlaq. And scholars mentioned praying and fasting here refers to the voluntary prayer. And voluntary prayer is a lot. Yeah? It's more than the, than the compulsory mandatory prayer. Uh, ibadah. Imagine doing doing a night prayer the entire night. Imagine doing the fasting of Dawood throughout the entire year. So much effort you got to invest into that. But you can get the equal status, the equal reward by just doing good akhlaq. That's why good akhlaq weighs so much on the on the scale of good deeds in the day of judgment. And also, and also, good akhlaq, the benefits that comes out of it extends to a very large audience. Yeah, the Prophet reminded us that if we would like to do a charity, uh, if we want to benefit a lot of people through our wealth, 
then it will never reach a lot of people because our wealth in, in reality is, is limited. Yeah. However, if you want to benefit a lot of people, then you do it with good character and a cheerful face, a smiling face, because the good, the, the aura, the benefits, the goodness that comes from it extends to a larger audience. So meaning to benefit people, it's not that difficult in, until, and, and, and hence Ibn Umar, he wrote a poem for his son saying that, oh, my son, goodness is easy. It's just a matter of smiling and good words. That's how easy for you to benefit other people. And there's a lot of reward in benefiting, giving benefit to other people. Yeah, Isn't Muslim the best of you are the one who benefits the most to mankind? MashaAllah. So these are just a glimpse of, of what good akhlaq can give to you on the day of judgment, can be your golden ticket to, to paradise. Yeah, And now, so take, 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 uh, self-reflect ourselves yeah? in a day, in a day. We've got 24 hours of, 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 uh, of daytime Allah has given us. How many of that time is we spend solid for a, for a time alone with Allah? Meaning for our prayer, our dhikr, seeking knowledge. Yeah? Solid only for between us and Allah. Average, maybe we'll clock one hour. Some maybe do two or more than three hours. Yeah? But average, maybe one hour, half an hour yeah? in a day. So that's small. If, if only our ibadah is... Con- reward of ibadah is only confined to those one or two hours of, of, of ibadah, then definitely we're not going to harvest a lot of goods, eh? a lot of goodness. However, if all, because we are human beings, we are social beings, most of the time are spent interacting with other, other people, yeah? even animals as well. And imagine if all those time interacting with other beings are done with proper adab and good akhlaq. Imagine the amount of reward that we'll get. To the, that's why Sheikh Saadi, the, uh, the famous Mufassirin, said that there is great amal saleh in good akhlaq. As we human beings interact with a lot of people in a day, if it's done with good akhlaq to seek closeness to Allah, then the reward is immense. The reward will be continuous. Because good akhlaq requires a lot of determination, requires a lot of practice, and it requires a long, continuous implementation. So indeed, Good akhlaq is our golden ticket to Jannah. However, like any other great ibadah that, that warrants great reward, it also requires a great effort. MashaAllah. So that's in a nutshell why good akhlaq is our golden ticket to Jannah. MashaAllah. Jazakallah khairan, Rada Amir. Yeah, so that's a really good point. I think one of the, the, the last, I just pick up the last point that you said, right? Just because it's the golden ticket to Jannah doesn't mean it's the shortcut, doesn't mean it's the easy path to Jannah, right? It's the path to the best parts of Jannah, but it requires effort. And you see, even in life, right, we know if something has a lot, a lot of value, you have to put in effort for it. It's the nature of the extra, extraordinary reward to demand extraordinary effort. That's why in the hadith that's narrated, although some say it's weak, the, the Prophet ﷺ was reported to have said that the price of Allah is expensive. The price of Allah is Jannah. You really think that these great rewards that Allah Azawajal has prepared for you, it's something that, you know, you can just come easy and you just like, you know, have an entitlement mindset. You know, you, even if you think about us, uh, us, right, the degree that we get, I studied engineering, I know the hardship you need for that four years, man, to get that certificate, right? <laughs> I think all of us, almost all of us are engineers here, so... <laughs> It's a lot of work for a degree, you know? So imagine something that Allah Azza wa Jalla has prepared and Allah praises Jannah, Allah talks about it. At the same time, Allah says like this dunya is nothing, it's just a deceiving thing, Allah praises. So this great reward will require extraordinary effort. 
So anyway, but before that, so we know how it's a, it's a golden ticket in Jannah, but we have to ask ourselves, what does it mean by good akhlaq? How do we define what is good akhlaq? Right? It's something that's so... Sometimes people have this, like, um, they're confused. Okay, this is good character, this is good character. So I'd like to pick up on the point, which the, the hadith which Amir quoted just now, wherein the Prophet ﷺ says, That verily I have only been sent to perfect good manners. Now think about it this way. Eh? The word here is perfect. Now, we, we, we've spoken about this, whereby every religion, every philosophy claims to have good aspects about them, right? There are good benefits in them, right? So for example, even the Arabs in Jahiliyyah, they also had some good things about them. They also had some aspects of good akhlaq. Right? Yeah, what, what? Yeah, the way they honored their guests. They were known to be generous people. What else? What other ways of life, philosophies that you know of have benefits of their own? They have strong family ties as well. Okay, that's Jahiliya. Yeah, yeah, very good. Right. It uh, benefits the communal uh, population, the, the wider population. Okay, mashallah. Yeah, so for example, oh yeah, my, br my brother Harun was saying that Japanese are known for their cleanliness, yep. for their mm. politeness. You know, yeah, there are yeah. benefits in that as well. Even in 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 the and way the way of life of sorry, yeah, you saying even in like communism, right? Where yeah, the the goal is to benefit everyone at an equal level, but then yeah, that's the 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 plus points that they have, right? Yeah, imagine that. Even exactly. communism has its benefits. By the way. I, just to make sure we don't fall into the trap, <laughs> people take a snippet and say that, oh, the Barca effect is a communist podcast. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> it's not Just to bring an example. And why would we say that? Because even in the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, even khamar has its benefits, right? Mm, yes. They ask you about uh, intoxicants and gambling. What does Allah say? Uh, like, uh, that, they, they have a lot of, they have some benefit, but the evil in it is more. So if, even in something like people acknowledge it as the mother of evils, even Khamar, Allah says there's benefits in it. So yeah, there's benefit in all these different philosophies. So what makes Islam different? So the hadith says that Rasulullah perfects that. Does any of these philosophies or religion can claim that they have a perfect way of life? SubhanAllah, that's amazing. And yeah. what does this mean in practice? You see, one of the things, right? Uh, our team here, we like to read books, uh, like even, even non-Islamic books. Like we're kind of geeks in this, Aziz and I at least. <laughs> so every time we read like books, like for, for me, for example, whenever I read books about like excellence in leadership, I just finished reading this book, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. SubhanAllah, the, the elements that he speaks about, right? To have a just cause, to build trusting teams, to have worthy rivals, to have the courage to lead, to stand by your principles, even though the society at large pressures you into doing, to conforming to them. SubhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ did exactly all of these things. That's why they were so sustainable. That's why they were transformative to the point of jahiliyyah, to the best of nations. But we didn't extract sirah lessons in that way. You know, you know what I mean? Like, but SubhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ practiced this. And only now people are like, ooh, writing about it. And even recently, right, this, my, because my company was throwing articles about leadership, I saw this really interesting articles. It's called 10 Habits of Super Likeable Leaders. It's about charisma. Yeah, super likable. You can Google it up. And all the elements in there. Approachable, established personal connections, humble, positive, integrity, recognized potential. All of this, Rasulullah did and more. So I'm like, whoa. 
everything always like clicks, you know, like it, it always meets. And even when it comes to books like parenting. So for example, one of my favorite books is Positive Discipline. When I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, lah, the Prophet Sallallahu did this too. So it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, like every time we learn about good characteristics of good akhlaq from different aspects of contemporary knowledge, right? I'm not even talking about the Islamic knowledge, the contemporary knowledge. We can always take it back that Allah has taught this in the Quran and through his messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam. So it's an this is what this is how we can appreciate how this perfection is. And you compare that to the Western way, right? How do the Westerners write about this? They based on research, right? Empirical observations. But how do they judge what's good? You know what I mean? Like they will take certain characters, certain like individuals in history, right? So they'll say like good characteristics about this guy. Uh, but this one's not so good. And then so they take this one, this is good. Okay, so they so they have a filtering system, actually, right? <laughs> As they say, right? Uh, they do have this. Like they say Malay, what buang yang eh ambil yang jernih buang yang kerong jernih buang yang ambil yang oh my god oh man this is so bad <laughs> what kind of Malay boys is this okay <laughs> buang yang jernih ambil eh buang yang jernih ambil yang kerong sorry, sorry. Ah, sorry oh man we just call ourselves up and you still make a mistake Allah Akbar okay <laughs> sorry, sorry so uh, buang yang kerong ambil yang jernih yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, I, th- I okay. think you got that right. Yeah. Yay! Well done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so how do they choose, right? What's the filter that they apply to this? Right? What's the filter that they apply? It's very subjective. That's why you read all these books, right? You have like 10 characteristics and then this book, this these 15 characteristics, hey, one of these contradicts with that one. What's going on? You read another one. So that's why when, when they, sometimes they don't have this criteria, we have this. We have this furqan. Allah says, if you have a difference between you, refer it back to Allah and His Messenger, mm. the Quran and Sunnah. This is the criteria of good akhlaq. And this is amazing because we can always, even when you look at the righteous Muslims, right? The best of righteous Muslims, for example, the companions, even if you look at their lives, you will always measure it back to the Sunnah. Quran, sunnah. This is something that all other ways of life they don't have because they don't have perfection in akhlaq. And this is what we have. So, my question to you, now I want to ask everybody in this session, honestly, ask yourself. In your communities right now, in your workplace, in the places that you have seen multiple different people, right? Are Muslims the ones known to have the best akhlaq or not? Hmm. Yeah. If you ask yourself at the workplace, yeah, subhanAllah, I, I don't know the answer, right? I want you to think right, in your workplace, think about the best leaders that you know of, people who have the best leadership characteristics. Because as we said, all these leadership books, all actually, Rasulullah had them. Now you have to ask yourself, do you see these characteristics mirrored in our Muslim society today or not? Hmm? Right? I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you say yes, maybe you say no. But in my experience, many times, it shows something that is very disappointing. Isn't it sad that people say, why does your religion teach this? But Muslims are this and that and this and that. Isn't it sad that we have to justify to say what? Don't judge Islam by the Muslims. Oh man, this is, uh, you know, like uh, this, is, this is very stressful, you know. So we have to really set, step up. And we, we don't want to point fingers. We want to say my society is like this, my family is like that, my community is like that. No, when you point one finger at other people, three fingers are pointing back at you. So subhanAllah, brothers and sisters, we have the perfect guidance. Do we want to step up or not? Do we want to take hold and like, you know, benefit from this huge resource, right? So what, what is the problem? What is, why, why are we disconnected from this? If we know we have this Quran and Sunnah, why is it we're so far away? 
So the problem for us is that we don't study Islam in the way that Allah wants us to learn. We don't study it in a way that it, it polishes our akhlaq. It's a very theoretical exercise for us. It's a very academic exercise for us. We learn sirah. To be honest with you, I, I'm just be really being, being really frank here. When I studied sirah, it's all just about facts and figures, right? When this happened, it's so dry, right? In fact, that was my least favorite subject, to be honest. I didn't like sirah at all. <laughs> okay, after Arabic. But anyway, <laughs> back in school. <laughs> but yeah, subhanAllah. Like, <laughs> because we didn't learn sirah in that way. So this is where we have to step up. This is my action point that I want all of us to come back home with. We have to learn and learn our religion in a way that how can this benefit my life and the people around me? How can I learn the Quran in a way that I can positively have this influence of the people around me? And how can I read the seerah in a way that I can apply this in my life? Right? So I want to get practical here. There are a few books I want to recommend. And maybe the brothers say you want to recommend as well. One of the books I really love is Enjoy Your Life. Have you guys heard of this book? It's by uh, Muhammad Al-Arifi. Ah, Dr. Muhammad Al-Arifi. It's awesome. It's not about enjoying your life, by the way. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> the theme of the book is about the art of dealing with people extracted from the hadith and the seerah of the Prophet Oh, it's amazing. You see how the Prophet interacted with different parts of society in different circumstances, how he was truly as a person in his private. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love this book. I shared it, uh, we, our company had this book club, so I, I, I chose this topic to share it. It's so, it's so awesome. So I, I recommend it. It's a very light read. It's a bit thick, but it's not, very, it's not academic at all. It's told in a very nice storytelling format. Uh, another one as well, if, we, if you want a, a good Sirah book, I can recommend. A lot of us are familiar with the book, uh, what's the book, the famous one? Yeah, Rakhik Al-Makhtum. The Seal Nectar. The Seal Nectar. Yeah, so I think that's a very popular book. But that book, uh, it's very dry. It's 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 factual. It's good if you want to know the 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 sequence, the chron chronology of events, uh, the facts. Uh, that's fine. But if you want lessons, uh, that there are different types of sirah books that can cater for that. So one of those books, uh, this one, it's also by the same author of uh, Rahik Al Maktoum. It's called When the Moon Split. I highly recommend this one. Yeah, have you heard this one? This one's really nice. The publication by Darussalam, the latest one. Every chapter has its lessons and morals. And the author doesn't like emphasize like all the intricate details. He emphasizes what can you apply in your life, right? So this is really good. Uh, the earlier book was Enjoy Your Life. It's very, I think it's a very easy one to remember, right? Enjoy Your Life, mashallah. So that one, the first one. Uh, this one's When the Moon Split. This one is it's not very thick at all, right? It's a very easy uh, book to, uh, to read, inshallah. And another one, if you want to go in depth, I recommend Book of Sirah. It's called The Noble Life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I think even Sheikh Tariq Appleby recommended this in the, the Awakening Convention recently. So Sheikh Tariq was the, shared the second Kalbi shares, right? So this one, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a bit thick. There are three volumes, but it's done really, really well. They, they, they really like take every chapter and they extract the lessons. SubhanAllah, can you imagine? There are like a few pages describing what's the wisdom behind why the Prophet ﷺ was the shepherd of sheep. <laughs> what are the leadership lessons? and akhlaq lessons from becoming a shepherd. So these are things that we don't think about. You know, like we, we studied them back in school, like, oh, Rasulullah pengembali kambing, like shepherd of sheep, but we didn't see the significance in our lives. So I want us to come back home with this, like understand and appreciate that Allah has given you something perfect. You just have to get from it. And I acknowledge that it's not easy to get it, but inshallah, like if you put in the effort, and that's, by the way, that, that's one of the objectives which we try to do at the podcast is to try to extract these wisdoms and how we can apply it in our life and make it the best, right? So that's the theme. So 
uh, yep, I, I do recommend that. And yeah, so coming back to the point which Ame said, now just because it's the golden ticket to paradise doesn't mean it's the easy ticket to Jet Paradise, right? There's going to be some effort involved. But the good news is we can change. We can improve, right? So we need to apply this level of growth mindset. And so for that, Brother Aziz, you want to share with us some, how can we like develop this akhlaq in ourselves, this growth mindset? So the question is, is our akhlaq something is fixed? So we sometimes um, we sometime hear that just accept me the way I am or can we actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we actually sh- sh- uh, shape our character? And in one of lecture delivered by Sheikh Al-Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he was asked by his student that which is better, a person who is gifted with good character or someone who strives for it? Mm-hmm. So the short answer is, you have a quite long answer, but I just give it a summary. A person who is gifted naturally by Allah is better. Why? Because this person doesn't have to put effort to obtain the good character. The character will not be lost wherever he is. Whenever you meet him or her, he will continue to behave with this personality. So it's like just drinking water for him, right? It's mm. so mm. easy for him. And the proof for this is the Prophet said to Asaj, uh, uh, one of the companions, Asaj bin Abdul Al-Qais, he said to, to him, you have two characteristics which Allah loves, gentleness and um, being in no hurry, deliberation. And he asked, and the, the companion asked, have I acquired them or has Allah has create, created them to my nature? So the Prophet ﷺ replied, no, Allah has created them in your nature. Inshallah. And he said, Alhamdulillah, uh, who, who has created in, in my nature two characteristics which Allah and his messenger love. So this is a blessing from Allah given to whomever he please. And the second one is, as for noble or a good character obtained by the way of effort, the process of getting used to it or the practice, the person will be rewarded because of his or her determination. And in this book, uh, book title Makarim Al-Akhalaq by Sheikh Saimin as well, there are four types of group when, when we talk about uh, behavior or character. The first group is people who are forbidden having good character. May Allah protect, protect us from being in this group. Amen. And the second Amen. group is people who are good character and remain in good character without trying to be better. And the third group is people who are given good morals and strive to be even better. And the last group is people who are not gifted with good attitude but strive to have to behave with good character so i would like to ask the 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 brothers and sisters in in this uh, in this session look around you how many people do you know are gifted with good character look around or do you consider yourself as uh, being gifted with this good character and from my personal observation it's quite rare right yeah. depends on your environment the environment where when i was uh, that i was in especially at school most people around me not having this good character 
including Smirnoff. I would say including myself. The environment the environment somehow shapes my character. You know kids nowadays and back then either cursing and swearing seems to be normal, right? People are cursing at bad things. And what's surprising is that people are cursing at a good thing as well. For example, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> this this food is so fill in the blank delicious, right? Oh, oh <laughs> that car is fill in the blank fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they're in a good mood, ah. Huh? By the way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just to be appear to appear cool, right? <laughs> True, true. And that doesn't include the, the miracle of the English language. Yeah, like one word uh, can use for many adjectives. That's yeah. we're not discussing about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Inshallah, Subhanallah. And Alhamdulillah, after getting close to the religion, to the Deen, I learn from good teachers and meet with uh, new good friends and being in environment where people are practicing the Deen. Things change. And before that, I at first I I thought that it is impossible to change my character and Right now, I'm still striving and still need to be improved. And somehow, we hear people with fixed mindset says, "I have bad temper. It's just me. You know, I I I got it from my father. Or they they will say to other people, 'You are stingy. I think you you got it from your mother. I think I am <laughs> I am born this way. Mashallah. <laughs> and I remember I read uh, this statement in Facebook. Uh, He said that don't confuse between my personality and my attitude. My personality What? is okay. who I am. <laughs> my attitude depends on who you are. Mashallah. <laughs> All right. This is a okay. sign of weak people, right? Yeah. Their attitude Amen. depends right. on how people treat them. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And <laughs> people with uh, have fixed mindset, I think, is at a, in a big loss because. The problem with these people, uh, with fixed mindset, that when it comes to character, is that they assume that other people are fixed as well, hmm. right? Mean 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 they don't give a chance to people to correct their character, or even even said is that they they treat their they they teach their um their side they they side their daughters with a fixed style of um teachings. So mm-hmm. if you have a growth mindset, you will empathize person who is struggling to change the attitude, especially people who are new or just started with the to to learn the re- religion, right? And you know people have chance to correct the mistake in regards to character. Yeah, on, on the at the end as well. If you have a fixed mindset, you'll also be judgmental of other people because you you always judge like oh they are like that. But if you are somebody who's growing, you can empathize with the struggle that they are going through. If you yeah. put in the effort yeah. yourself, so yeah. that's a really good point. Mashallah. Mashallah. And other point I want to emphasize that is, um, you know, a smart people will find the most effective way, right, to get things done or to reach the goal. And a smart Muslim will learn the best deeds that would get them to Jannah, just like our brother Amir, a ticket to Jannah. And one good deed from many. That is the path to Jannah after Tauhid, is to have good character. Like I, I would like to echo what uh, Brother Ame mentioned just now. We should ask ourselves how much time do we spend a day, a quality time with uh, uh, ibadah with to Allah alone. Maybe it's including five day prayers. Maybe average 
one or two hours per day, right? Seeking knowledge. And um, the fact is human are social being and most of our time spent interacting with others. Imagine if those interaction are done with good akhlaq and proper adab. The Prophet Wasallam said, I guarantee a house at the high point of Jannah for one who perfect his manners. Narrated by uh, Abu Dawud and other hadith, Rasulullah Wasallam said, should I not inform you of the most beloved uh, of you to Allah and the closest to me on the day of judgment? And the sahabah, uh, sahabah said, oh yes, yeah, Rasulullah. And Rasulullah SAW said, the best of you in manner. And the last hadith I want to share is, uh, Rasulullah SAW said, nothing is placed on the scale that is heavier than, a, than good character. So indeed, uh, the person with good character will have attained the rank of person of fasting and prayer. MashaAllah. I think Mashallah. all these hadiths should motivate us to strive for good manners, to have this growth mindset, to, to build our good character. And our time is limited, right? Our ibadah is never enough. Having good character is one of the way uh, to get a better chance to jannah. Mm. But, mashallah, <laughs> but you will be tested. Just as uh, mentioned in uh, Surah Al-Ankabut, do people think once they say we believe that mm. they will left without being put to test and i just want to share a story i remember my brother told me he and his friend went to a job interview together a fortune 500 company uh, in kl so the interview has five stage or stages or and both of them succeeded until the final stage only 15 to 20 people are chosen out of 70 people. And mm. Alhamdulillah, my brother got the job, but his friend, his friend didn't. Because during the interview, the interview asked him, how do you handle conflict at the workplace? Oh. The interview asked. And you know what he, he answered? Uh. I always avoid conflict. You think? Oh. Uh, okay. So, you can avoid conflict, right? You need to deal with people the best way possible. Yep, yep. Even in dakwah, mm, you can avoid conflict. You think yeah. it's easy? <laughs> no, <laughs> in dakwah, yes, right? And it's easy to maintain good character when you are surrounded with good people. Mm. But in reality, we have to interact with mixed kind of people. As a worker, you have to deal with your colleagues that might, that might give you a hard time. And there is hadith um, regarding this uh, from Abdullah bin Ibn Umar, uh, narrated um, that Rasulullah said, the believer who mixes with people and endures their annoyance is better than one who doesn't mix with them and does not endure with their annoyance. So, we need to learn to be patient when dealing with people. And it should be noted that patient can be developed and it can be trained. We are not fixed with this, uh, with a fixed low toler tolerance of patience for the rest of our, our life. And the Prophet said, وَمَنْ يَتَصَبَّرُ Meaning that whomever tries to be patient, Allah will make him patient. 
narrated by Al-Bukhari, meaning whoever pretends to be patient when anything comes to him, Allah will make him patient. Or in other words, fake it till you make it. MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ibn Qayyim comment on this hadith stating that if a person doesn't doesn't not naturally possess um, characteristic of patience, it is possible to attain this by acting as if he possess possesses it until it eventually become second nature. I think we have um, we have brothers. Myself, I I I used to read that if you are angry, you need to. If the Westerners uh, teach us that we need to just. Um, get it out from our vent system. it out yeah vent okay. it out yeah explode huh? okay i think that's, that's not a good yeah <laughs> and um controlling your gaze until it becomes second nature and some apply and same applies to all other desirable characteristics such as steadiness generosity and courage and the last point i want to to mention is ways to uh, uh, basic ways to acquire noble character through effort number one is to examine the verses of the quran and the sunnah of the prophet learn it learn it and pra- practicing it bit by bit i think we cannot go full throttle right to change our character as what mm. uh, the barakah team barakah effect team always always say small step Big impact, inshallah. <laughs> And number two, I think is the most important. This, uh, what I was lacking before, that to befriend a person known as one with good character, we need to change our environment. Um, who, who have a good character and with a community that strive to, that have same minded with us. And the last one is to observe the consequences of bad bad character. I would like to ask, who like to be with people who with bad character, right? Even the bad the bad guys somehow hate to be to be with the good character, uh, bad character. Bad character just <laughs> hated by everyone, <laughs> even the bad guys. So <laughs> toxic. True. So even the bad and, guys hate bad character. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and be aware of yourself. We may have our uh, bad character in some of. Uh, uh, we may be patient, but we are stingy. Maybe right. So mm. that we need to practice. We need to be self-aware, and so um, I think we know that uh, our our character can be changed. And uh, I hope uh, the the listeners uh, would benefit whatever points I have uh, deliver, and. Now we want to know how shall we focus our effort? Mashallah. Mm. All right. Way uh, to prioritize our akhlaq. Yes. Mashallah. Jazakumullah khaira, uh, brother, brother Aziz, and the rest of the team. Mashallah. Great points. We, uh, I, be, I personally benefited a lot. Um, okay. Now, so we, we turn to the next session, which is prioritizing akhlaq, those closest to you. Now, since we have, since we have, uh, you know, uh, the, the time is running out, so unfortunately, I will try to um, make make my part really short. Inshallah, no worries. Uh, inshallah, um, all of us will still benefit some uh, uh, one way or another. Inshallah. So I was, I, I would, uh, I would just want to uh, bring 
our attention to, um, you know, look around us. You know, many of us are guilty of portraying good manners when we're online and on the streets, right? While we show terrible akhlak at home. So some people, mm, some people uh, might say uh, with regards to a man, right? Mashallah, this man, he has great akhlak. Every time he speaks with, uh, uh, he, every time he speaks, he speaks with kindness. You know, he jokes around until no one felt bored sitting with him. Uh, in addition to that, when he, maybe he erred, maybe he uh, said something wrong. And then you have a brother, correct him. And what, what he replies, Jazakallah khaira, you know, uh, may Allah forgive me and you. Mm. But when he enters his house, what happens? His manners turns upside down. He turns into a, a lion, angry at everything that annoys him, right? And punishes everyone he's, uh, in, his, in his house. So the only sound you'll hear in the house is only the sound of silence. Because everyone mm, is so afraid to say anything. Mm. So let me ask all of, us, uh, all of us here, you know, how many of us here can relate to this? Is this something that happens at home? Or is this something that, you know, you yourself are guilty of? So, so let, let, let's think. And then let us stop and ask ourselves this question. What does Islam say about this? Okay. How does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want us to be in the presence of our, of our family? Because we are, we are in the presence of our, our family on a daily basis. Like almost 24 hours, uh, especially now, more than ever. So how? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want us to? How does he want us to be? Okay, so essentially Islam, Islam commands us to mix with all our family members with good akhlaq. Uh, this is a no-brainer. And this can be found in many verses of the Quran. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned in the Quran, in Surah An-Nisa, وَعَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ He said, and live with them with al-ma'ruf. What is al-ma'ruf? So the scholars say al-ma'ruf is kindness and good manners, right? Good akhlaq. So this is al-ma'ruf. And to add to that, uh, if, you, if you look uh, at the, the tafsir of this ayah in uh, Tafsir ibn Kathir, uh, you fi you'll find that he said, he, he explained that al-ma'ruf here, uh, means to be better in your speech towards him, uh, towards them, towards your wives, towards your family members, uh, and better your actions, right? Better your actions, beautify yourself as much as you can for your wives as how you want them to beautify themselves for you. Okay, so this is amazing because nowadays so many people, yeah, so many people demand justice and equality from men, especially husbands. We see this in the news, on, the, on social media, but the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 1,400 years ago, he has given us the best guidance. He said, khairukum khairukum li ahli, wa ana khairukum li ahli. The best of you are those who are best to their wives and I am the best of you to my wives. Subhanallah, this is just amazing. So brothers and sisters, the old must be merciful to the young, uh, the, the, the young. The young must show respect to the old. The needs of a woman, the needs of the woman must always be met according to one's capacity. And the people in general must try their best to be upon the mannerisms of the Prophet He is always at his family's service. He sought his own clothes, his slippers, he milked his own sheep, etc. Brothers and sisters, this is good akhlaq. This is good akhlaq. So I would like to bring a quote from uh, the esteemed Sheikh uh, Sulaiman Aruhaili, Habizahullah. He gave uh, quite, a practical, um, quite a practical advice with regards to how a person should be with their family at home. So he said, 
it is most appropriate for the father and the mother to gather his family together, right? If you can, on a daily basis, daily, gather them together, communicate with them, be kind with them when doing so, question, question them about their conditions, like how's your study, uh, how, are you, how are you and your friends, mm. your feelings, etc. Because it is important for the father to fill the hearts of his family members with love. Because mm -hmm. if their hearts are not filled with the father's love, he specifically said a father's love. They mm -hmm. will search love from other people or other things. So That's this right. is such a big issue, especially in nurturing children, right? Mm -hmm. How many of us we see households where the children are constantly getting, you know, getting yelled at. And then he turned his attention to video games. And after he finishes one level, and then the video game said, Congrat congratulations, you're the best. So he creates this emotion, uh, this, this, this bond, this bond so, with the video game instead of his parents. Well, yeah, subhanAllah, this is we're guilty. Unfortunately, the community yeah. is guilty of this. Even even worse than that, like they look for attention in the wrong crowds outside of their homes, and that mm. leads, leads to a lot of uh, social issues as well, right? Yeah, yeah. crowds who will say the same thing, like "You are the best. We love you," because yeah. they don't get that validation at home. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Mm. Totally. We all can relate to this uh, at one point or another. So this begs a question, right? I know some of the brothers have said this uh, in one form or another, but why bother to have good akhlaq, especially with your with your families? family members, because I think this is a, such a profound hadith. The, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu said, uh, this hadith is narrated in Sahihain, Al-Bukhari and Muslim. He said, Abghadur rijalu ilallah al-aladdul khisam, subhanAllah. The man who is most hateful in the sight of Allah is the one who quarrels and disputes the most. SubhanAllah. You know, <laughs> I, it gives me chills, you know, Allah hates this person. Can you imagine? Allah is the most merciful. We recite, the Quran every oh, time we, we said Al-Fatihah five, you know, 17 times a day at least. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah the most merciful and the especially merciful. But then he, the Prophet said he hates this guy who is who quarrels and disputes the most. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect us. Amen. What does this essentially essentially means? Allah hates the one who is harsh, that unnecessarily being harsh to everyone, impolite always speaks up a fight. So this person, when this person enters the room, he is not pleased with anyone and everyone is not pleased with him. Even though he might be someone who prays and fasts regularly. Yeah, you heard that, that's right? That's the even scary though, part. Yeah, so even, though, even though you, uh, even though he, this guy prays and fasts regularly and gives sadaqah charity regularly. So subhanAllah, we need, we need to be aware of this, brothers and sisters. And also, it is said in, in another hadith that the one who is bankrupt on the day of judgment, who the Prophet said, the poor of my ummah would be he who would come on the day of resurrection with prayers and fasts and zakah, but he would find himself bankrupt on the day on that day as he would have exhausted his funds of virtue, virtues. How? Since he hurled abuse upon others, brought slander and calumny against others. So this is this one. This is a very scary hadith. Yeah. <laughs> this is very scary. Yes. So we wouldn't want that to happen to us. So we, we must always have that self self awareness. You know, every time we talk to anyone, you know, even though even though we're in, uh, you know, we we're tired, we must be aware of how we address people, right? And then uh, there are many more things that I want to talk. 
with regards to this uh, subtopic. But um, I would say that um, how can we actually change ourselves, right? Um, we have to understand that everything that Allah created, uh, Allah created human beings with a choice. We're not angels. Angels can only do good things. But men, Allah created them with, with, with choice. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the, uh, in the Quran, and we have shown men two paths, the path towards his mercy and the path towards his wrath. So it is up to us actually to choose. And, and, to, choose, uh, and, and, and to choose the right path is what we, we should all aim for. And in another uh, ayah, the, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, okay? And not equal are the good deed and the bad. Allah said, repel evil by that deed which is better. And then Ibn Kathir, he said something about this. A profound, a profound comment from Ibn Kathir. He said that when you try to repel something bad with something good, you constantly be, you know, you constantly show goodness in, in the face of bad. Right? What will happen? That person who always, you know, uh, angry, uh, who, who, is all, who always show enmity towards you, he slowly but surely he will also be good towards you. Subhanallah. This is the sunnatullah. This is how Allah mm. created men. Right? Mm. And this is a clear sign that it is very well within our capacity to change for the better. Yeah, okay. Let that sink. We can change. We can definitely change. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He did not create uh, He did not command us to do something that is beyond our own capacities, capabilities. Allah said in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah does not burden a soul more than its capacity. Right? So that's why the companion of the Prophet وسلم, Abu Darda radiallahu anhu Verily, knowledge comes by learning and by learning, and kindness only comes by cultivating kindness. Cultivating kindness by learning about kindness, how to be kind and actually practice it. Just do it. Just fake it till you make it, like Brother Aziz said. So <laughs> it is always like that. Just, just try to be what you're not until it becomes your nature. Right? This is how we're supposed to be. Don't just we do don't we, just... we do that anyway in our back in our hobbies back in school, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? You know, uh, subhanallah, how, how you know, uh, may Allah forgive us all. How I got into music was actually because people were around me, all were playing guitar and stuff like that, right? So I became I, I got this from from, from these people. So anyway, that's that's another story. But yeah, we, we all can change, whether for the good or for the better, uh, whether for, for the bad or for the better. Right. Uh, so um, having said that, we should all have this in mind. No wonder Islam made it so crucial to have good akhlaq, right? And we have to also know that to have good manners, there are priorities. And we have to prioritize to have good manners, to have good akhlaq towards our own families. Mm -hmm. And to show good akhlaq towards one's parents should take precedence before other family members. That's how it is. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He already mentioned this in the Quran. He said, Kul atlu ihsana. He said, Come, let me recite to you what your Lord has forbidden to you. Do not, number one, he said, do not associate others with him in worship. So this is the most important thing in everyone's, every Muslim's life. We shall not create, uh, we shall not do shirk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Uh, we shall not uh, associate partners with him in worship. And then just second to that, what did he say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, do not fail to honor your parents. 
Do not fail to honor your parents. So subhanAllah, just that's just, just the second next to shirk and not doing shirk. So the takeaway point is this. Allah mentioned, do not fail to honor your parents right after the greatest form of ibadah. I, uh, 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 that is tawheed, worshiping Allah uh, and not um, not associating others with him in worship. So this shows the importance of being good to one's parents, right? As Muslims, uh, we, 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 we ought to show utmost respect and good manners to, to our parents and abide to their instructions as long as they are within the boundaries of uh, set by the Sharia. Okay, um, you know, uh, inshallah, just uh, last but not least, I would like to bring uh, a, a small, a short story. Um, in previous podcasts or in future podcasts, our, some of our brothers have brought these stories before, uh, this, this particular story. Um, it's about Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah ta'ala, just to sh- demonstrate how, uh, you know, the importance of being good to, to parents. Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, we know him as being one of the four great imams uh, in, in, in the fiqh, uh, Mazhab, Mazhab Hanbali, right? So Imam Ahmad is the founder of that madhab. So, you know, his life is uh, revolves, basically revolves around learning and teaching. And one day his heart, you know, at one point of time, his heart yearned to travel to a place where a great scholar was teaching, right? And no one, no, no one who is a scholar uh, would, would dare even to miss sitting uh, at the feet of this great scholar, right? So he wanted so much to go there, but he decided to stay. Why? Because he wanted to serve his mother. Until he, years gone by, until he mother, his mother finally breathed her last breath, during years of serving his mother, the great scholar also passed away. So Imam Muhammad was asked, right, why he didn't travel to the scholar while he was still alive. He said, Wallahi, being dutiful to your parents is the fruit of divine knowledge. So if you have real divine knowledge, then being good to your family, especially to your parents, is the fu- fruit that you will bear at the end of the day. Hmm. So uh, last, last but not least, inshallah, um, to show good akhlaq to your wife, right? This is uh, to those at home, because this is the measure of true akhlaq, is when you're at home. Definitely, without a doubt. Ponder on the hadith of uh, Umm Salamah, uh, the, the, one of the companions, the, uh, the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu when, uh, when his husband died, he said, uh, she, when, when, she, uh, when her husband died, she said, is there anyone better than Abi Salama? So this is how we want our wives, inshallah, or our children to, to, you know, to say when, inshallah, when we finally breathe our last breath, uh, when we finally died and it's like I, 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 can, I cannot think of a, a better father than my father or I cannot think of a better husband than my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this shows the akhlaq of Abu Salamah uh, at home is so good, so much so that she genuinely thought that Abu Salamah was the man who has perfect akhlaq until, of course, Rasulullah sallallahu married, married her. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so inshallah, I think uh, I took... <laughs> Uh, even though I said uh, I, 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 try, I try to shorten the, the, the session, but still, I think I took a lot of the, your time. Subhanallah. No worries. Okay, so inshallah, jazakallah khairan. So I'll just quickly wrap up that session, uh, wrap up this session, inshallah. Sorry, brothers and sisters, we went slightly over time. So, so sorry. That's a that. very deep, uh, it's a very deep thought. How many of us know that if we, but I want you to ask yourselves, if you were to die today, right, what will your wife say? Ah, oh, thank oh. God. 
finally, right? How would they say that? Good riddance. Good riddance. <laughs> what would your husband say if you were to die today? How many of the, how many of them will say something like, you know what? I don't think there's anyone else better than that person. Wow. That's something oof. to think about. Something really deep to think about. How have we lived our lives in such a way they'll be convinced that you are the best person that they, that, that they, they can have in their lives? So brothers and sisters, I just want to wrap this up by saying with this question, I want to ask all of us with the topic of that, you know, Akhlaq is your golden ticket to Jannah. Will any of us ever know that we have earned this golden ticket or not? No, we will never know that until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, the, you see, the, the point of good Akhlaq is never to be perfect. We will never be perfect. Right? The point of our lives is to improve ourselves. The point of this discussion is to improve ourselves. What we want to do is for all of you to come back and just to feel inspired to move yourself, just to improve 1% better, to know how to improve 1% better. And hopefully, we're hoping that that has that barakah that just continues to go on. This is a start of a journey. That's what we really want from all this. It's about progress, not perfection. That's what, we, that's what we always speak about in the Barakah Effect podcast, right? So we just hope that, you know, while we're improving, while we're, you know, we just maybe focus on one thing. If you think you have a problem on temper, just focus on that first. If you have a problem on arrogance, focus on that. Just fix that aspect of your akhlaq. If you have a pro problem of hasad, right? Every one of us has our own problem points. You have to, uh, you have to try your level best to fix those things first, right? So, you know, I want to remind ourselves that if you keep up good akhlaq in your life, you will never know where the barakah will come in. And you know, subhanAllah, the statement that says you are a product of your environment, right? I think even Aziz highlighted that. We have a, in, the environment has an influence on us, right? But guess what? The environment that you are in is also a product of you. Yeah. If you keep up that good akhlaq, you never know when Allah will add that barakah and influence the people around you. You think, you look at your own life. How many of us, like when we reflect back, a lot of our good characteristics were because of the people around us our friends, our teachers, especially our parents. Oh man, the more I do, the older I grow, I, I, the more I realize that so many good things in my life, I got it from my parents. You know, as kids, you don't want to admit like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a different, I'm not like my mom, come on, come on. Like, you look back, Big say, man. Hey, no, no. I can take care of myself. <laughs> what? I I'm can take care of different. myself. <laughs> yeah, do big, but subhanAllah, when you grow older, you realize so many good things you got from them. And sure. likewise, Think about it. If you are sincere, if you are consistent, maybe you will affect somebody else in that way as well. Maybe it's your friends, your colleagues, right? So subhanAllah, I just wanted to remind us that you might come on the day of judgment with this mountain of good deeds and you ask, Ya Allah, where did this come from? Oh, you didn't know? You did this good deed? They were following you? You didn't know, but they were following your good sunnah. You got that reward. Their, their family follows them. And they are like, wow, I didn't know this. This was an investment that you made that you're not even aware that an investment that you made. SubhanAllah, this is the barakah of the good akhlaq, right? So this is, right? Wait for it. This is the barakah effect. <laughs> that was so cheesy, but okay. <laughs> so brothers and sisters, you know, uh, we have to end here. I'm so sorry for, for going over time. Uh, you know, brothers and sisters, just to share with you some behind the scenes facts, we've prepared actually 40 pages worth of notes for this session, right? So <laughs> we so actually stayed up until 2 a.m. Yeah. over Zoom just to discuss what we should pick and where we should remove. But yeah, so in the interest of time, we're only able to share like, what, maybe 20% of it. So I think the stuff that we shared is like a four-hour stuff. So anyway, 
in a shameless act of publicity and promotion, I would like to say, please do subscribe to our podcast channel, <laughs> The Podcast Effect, over at YouTube and our podcast platforms. That was so on the nose, huh? So, <laughs> sorry about that. So, Jazak Mullah Khairan, everyone, Jazak for your time. Khairan. Thanks again to the Kalbi team for triggering us about this topic. We'd love to continue this in the future. Jazak Mullah Khairan. So, I'll press it back to Brother Harun. MashaAllah, uh, firstly, Jazakumullah Khairan, Jazakumullah Khairan, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah to Brother Faisal, Brother Amir, Brother Shahmi, Brother Aziz, and Brother Riza, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. Um, I do understand the pain, so MashaAllah, when you have a lot to say, but the time is restricted. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, I believe what you guys have said and what you've shared, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, it was, it was truly an eye-opener, yani, without exaggeration, for myself firstly, and I'm sure for everybody else who joined as well. So just a quick recap, because we've overstretched the time, and I just want to apologize to everybody. Um, we intended on finishing earlier, but Qadrullah ma'ashafa'ala, and bi'idnillahi ta'ala, there is khayr that will come from it. And may Allah bless everybody for their patience, and reward everybody for their patience, and may we find it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And jazakumullah khayran to our brothers Faisal, Amir Shahmi, Abdul Aziz, and our brother Riza, and to everybody who's joined and who's remained patient throughout uh, may Allah make this truly a source of barakah and blessings for all of us and our family members and the ummah. And um, just quick reminders before we close the session. Um, remember that inshallah, these sessions are meant to be energizers for us to go and take further action inshallah. We apologize for the technical problems. Um, we're looking into, inshallah, addressing that to accommodate for greater capacity in the future, ta'ala. For everybody who registered, inshallah, you receive the recording for this session. And don't forget to follow the Kalbi team, mashallah, on all our social media platforms, the Kalbi app, uh, at Kalbi app, mashallah, tabarakallah. And also to join and support our brothers at the Barakah Effect. May Allah bless all of the efforts being put in by everyone. Jazakumullah khairan. Just to wrap up about this topic, inshallah, it's so crucial. Let's remember something, especially for those of us living in Muslim lands that we have non-Muslims living with us or non-Muslims around us. Most of the non-Muslims are not going to go and read the Quran or the Sunnah or the Seerah of the Prophet themselves. Their window into Islam is their interaction with us, what they see we portray, who we are. So we can't blame many non-Muslims for not liking Islam when we are the ambassadors and we may not be doing a very good job. So it starts with ourselves, it starts with seeking knowledge, it starts with sincerity, it starts with lots of dua and seeking Allah's support. And we ask Allah to bless what we have done, inshallah, today and make it a means of self-reformation for all of us. Jazakumullah khairan, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We'll see you on the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.